And this is Adrian Hannah. And tonight, we have a little special treat for you. We're going to both speak a little bit about something that may be very touch on many of your hearts, because as we all know, we all love Jack the Ripper, or we don't love Jack the Ripper, but we're all curious about Jack the Ripper, and we want to know who killed, who did the crimes. But tonight, we're going to talk about, instead of talking about the villains that we, th- like the serious villains... Tonight we're going to talk about kind of the ridiculous villains. The more whimsical side of Jack the Ripper, exactly. if there is a whimsical side. I don't know. I think that after 140 years, that you were allowed to have a whimsical side. True enough. So I'm going to start. I'm going to give a little introduction, and then we'll get into it. So, all right. In the fall of 1888, in the Whitechapel District of London, five women were brutally murdered. Their names were Marianne Nichols, Annie Chapman, Elizabeth Stride, also known as Long Liz, Catherine Eddowes, and Mary Jane Kelly. The assailant who did this was still unknown, but eventually became known as Jack the Ripper due to a letter that he wrote to, I don't know if it was the police or to a newspaper, but it was a letter that was signed Jack the Ripper. Um, Over the last 140 years, many suspects have been introduced by the various Ripperologists, both serious and not so serious alike. Tonight, We'll be talking. We'll be talking about some of the most ridiculous theories put forth in both real life and in popular culture. Um, I first of all just want to uh, uh, state for the record that I love the fact that there is that ripperologist is a thing <laughs> because it just it just lends to the ridiculousness of everything that surrounds everything to do with Jack the Ripper because like I was never a huge uh, true crime fan but i know who jack the ripper is as does basically everybody else in western culture if not the world because it's just one of those stories where well it's unsolved yeah and i think it's stuck well but there's lots of unsolved unsolved crime it's just that this one is like somehow this one caught the imagination of the people at the time and that fixation on it just never went away and it's just been getting like more and more well, I think it, it started with the media because I think that the time, it's not that nothing was going on. There was plenty going on. But I think that a murder like this, murders like this, became so big in the press. Yeah. And Jack the Ripper actually communicated with the press and with the police. And I think that was the first time that ever happened. So well, this was also like right around the time that yellow journalism was a big thing, wasn't it? I don't know. But it's it feels I don't like, know that it was nearly I, as... It was getting into that. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't say for sure when that that whole thing started. I'm but like it, nineteen twenties ish. But I always thought early. it was. I always thought it was like in the in the the, the mid to late eighteen hundreds that yellow journalism really took off. Anyways, Probably. I'm clearly talking out of my ass. I don't really know what I'm talking about. But like, if that's the case, that totally makes sense because then you've got you know, well, how do we sell papers? Well, let's talk about this. String of murders that happened in a shitty neighborhood in London. Well, they also, also the murders were very um, brutal. Oh, yeah. When we're talking, I mean, these women were literally gutted. This was like, and the, I think even the first murder, she, the woman was, her uterus was taken out. That's the first murder. Gross. And then <laughs> um, there were ears clipped. Um, Mary Kelly was, that's the one that was inside. I'm not going to talk about the, the, the details of the murders tonight because I think it's just too much to get into. Aside from, you know, that. Well, but I mean, like, I could go into each and every single murder. But right. the truth is, is that they were all cut in a way that was 
at the time considered to be surgical, but I don't know that it was necessarily. We'll get a little it. Wa- it wasn't stuff like muggings gone wrong or no. like like I'm gonna you know rape you and then oh as an afterthought I'm gonna slit your throat. It was like I'm gonna take you in a back alley and like pull things out of you. Yeah, but the, the what I did recently find out is that he actually killed them immediately, and, and then, then then did the job. So it was it was a quick slit of the throat or strangulation strangulation sometimes both um and then a sincere taking out of organs so i think uh a liver may have been taken out definitely the uterus that sticks with me very much and then of course and then there were of course ears clipped off body i think a heart was taken at some point from from one of the victims and then mary kelly was just i mean she i think she was the one who the heart was taken from but they literally took everything out of her this I did, this also seems like it's a, around the time when, like, uh, grave robbing for medical purposes was a big thing, too. I, you, you know I, what I'm yes, talking about? Absolutely. Yeah. So, like, like if, for those who don't know, um, there was a time in, in history when uh, medical professionals were trying to expand on their knowledge of medicine. And there weren't a lot of people that were willing to donate their bodies to science or whatever because of whatever reason. And so uh, there became this nefarious uh, dark economy where, wherein uh, medical practitioners would pay money to seedy individuals to go into uh, cemeteries to dig up uh, recently buried corpses to bring them back so that they could perform autopsies. Uh, to see, you know, what the liver looked like or what the inside of a stomach actually looked like because this is a time when we didn't... At, this is a time in, in medical history when people genuinely thought that the way that, that food was digested by you was because when you ate it, it would go into your stomach and your stomach would, f- like, flex and, like, grind it up by, like, smushing it against the walls of the stomach. I don't think we're... I think we're past that. No, that, that, was, that was right around the time. Like, the, the late 1800s was... There was a there was a uh, 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 there was a there was a case uh, where there was a guy who was like I can't remember if he was oh he was attacked by a bear and because of the bear attack he had a hole in his side right here he lived obviously but he had a hole and I can't remember what the medical term for is but he had a, a hole in your stomach like a I think giant that's the medical term no there's there's actually a term for it but there, there he had a giant hole in his in in his side that went, led directly into his stomach and there was a doctor who paid the guy to be his servant just so that he could observe what was going on through the hole and would do experiments with the guy just to see. And that's how, how, and this is about the same time where uh, they, this guy, this doctor that was doing this, very ethically questionable uh, practices figured out that, oh, your stomach doesn't grind up all of your food while you're eating it. It secretes an acid that 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 dissolves it into a soluble solution that then the rest of your body deals with, like your and carries everything around. I don't think that's what Jack was trying to do. No, but 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 it's it's interesting that this is about the same time because it seemed like there was a lot of like like hey let's what's on the inside of a person I'm gonna kill you. And pull some stuff out to find well, out. Well, the thing it. of it is, though, is that I, I the reason I don't I don't think that we're in a time where people didn't know 
is because the person who did this knew where to cut, knew where to find the uterus, knew where to find the heart, knew where to find the liver without dam. Well, I don't know if they were damaged, but definitely knew what to do to where because to get to the uterus you have to cut through a, a bunch of stuff right and i'm not saying the intestines i'm not saying they're like oh human body it's one big piece and there's no individual parts to it i'm saying like well how does the user uterus uterus work what does the inside of a uterus look like i'm gonna kill somebody and cu- cut their uterus out and then look on the inside i mean i'm not saying that that's what actually happened because nobody knows what actually happened it could just be some guy who's like i'm gonna just dig around in somebody's guts and find some stuff yay well, let's talk a little bit about who didn't do it. Okay. Because nobody that we're going to talk about tonight did this. Right. There's literally... Oh, like, yeah, for sure. We're not talking about, like, actual possible sub, sub uh, suspects tonight. We're talking about people who've been brought up in the hunt... In, with, like, majority of the people that I'm going to bring up tonight, the first time they were they were floated was basically in the 1970s. So we're talking nearly 100 years after Jack Ripper. And people just started really digging into Ripperology and really starting to make look at the evidence and make their own choice, make their own decisions based on really, really scant evidence. Um, and one of those theories that I think is pretty dang funny, and Adrian, I think that you're going to love this. Do is, tell. Charles Ludwig Dodgson, otherwise known as Lewis Carroll, the writer of Alice in Wonderland. I'm getting my my brain around this. So, so the the theory is is that that Lewis Carroll, author of Alice in Wonderland, is the, the it's Jack the Ripper. is Jack the Ripper. Yes. Okay. All right. I will I will uh, reserve judgment until I hear your uh, quote unquote evidence for this. I'm not giving my evidence. I'm giving. Oh, I know. Okay. I know. Okay, this theory was introduced in 1996, so we're not even talking the 1970s. We're talking the 1990s. We're talking in our lifetimes. In our, when we were in high school, uh, by author Richard Wallace. He wrote a book called Jack the, River, Jack the Ripper, Lighthearted Friend, and reasoned that... There were air quotes there. <laughs> he reasoned that because Lewis Carroll had been bullied as a youth, it had caused a psychotic break that festered. Through his lifetime. Wallace then goes into the theory to theorize that Carroll used anagrams in his writings and in his correspondence, specifically in a, in a, a book for very for infants called The Nursery Alice, a version of Alice in Wonderland that is meant for in, for like younger children who can't grasp the 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 main story of Alice in Wonderland. I'm going to read a passage from this book to you guys, and then what he thinks the anagram is. Apparently, Carol was infamous for his anagrams. He loved doing them. In correspondence, he would write anagrams. There may be some anagrams in Alice in Wonderland. Okay, so this isn't like a far-fetched thing at all like like the fact that the fact that that this guy didn't just pull it out of his ass that that lewis carroll was like making anagrams about things no okay that that makes it a little bit more easy to swallow all right this is an anagram from that book the nursery alice first i'm going to read the passage okay about a dog declining dinner so we went to the cook and we got her to make a saucer full of nice oatmeal porridge And then we called Dash into the house, and we said, Now, Dash, you're going to have your birthday treat. 
We expected Dash would jump for joy, but it didn't. One bit. Blending the letters. Wallace says, this is what, what this is the anagram. Okay. Oh, now, so he, it's it's letters the, too. The whole thing is is a is an anagram. Yes. Oh man. Okay. But it's not it's not it's not like word for word. Right. It's letter to letter. Right. That's I've, what you meant by whole thing, yeah. I suppose. Okay. This is the following. This is what he thinks is the letter from Jack the Ripper. Okay. Oh we Thomas Bain, Charles Dodgson, coited in the slain, nude body, expected to taste, devour. Enjoy a nice meal of a dead whore's uterus. We made do. Found it awful. Wan and tough like a worn, dirty goat hog. We both threw it out. Jack the Ripper. See, here's the thing. The more letters you introduce into a potential anagram, the easier it is to find whatever it is you're looking for. Exactly. So, like, he could have been like, I took this entire book... And I took all of the letters from it, and I found out the secret meaning of it. Exactly. And, like, here's this whole thing. It's 28 pages, and it details specifically what uh, Lewis Carroll did as Jack the Ripper. Yeah. And it's like, that. come on, dude. To prove that point, exactly the point that you just made. After this was published, a couple, two readers of Harper's Magazine wrote a response with a compelling counterargument. They used Wallace's own words. This is Wallace's words. This is my story of Jack the Ripper, the man behind Britain's worst unsolved murders. It is a story that points to the unlikeliest of suspects, a man who wrote children's stories. That man is Charles Dodgson, better known as Lewis Carroll, author of such beloved books as Alice in Wonderland. They arranged the letters to say this. The truth is I, Richard Wallace, stabbed and killed a muted Nicole Brown in cold blood, severing her throat with my trusty shiv's strokes. I set up Orenthal James Simpson, who was utterly innocent of this murder. P.S. I also wrote Shakespeare sonnets and a lot of Francis Bacon, Bacon's works, too. <laughs> so, basically, they, were, they set out to prove that you can find whatever you want in right. these and prove your point. Now... Well, well it's, like, it's like the... the... I don't remember when. When was it that they, that like people started freaking out about satan secret satanic messages on records if you play them backwards? The late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. So like in the late seventies, early eighties, people are well, like, all through the 80s, right? yeah, everyone's like, oh well, if you play this record backwards, you can hear that they say Satan, and they play it, and it's like it doesn't. If you're listening for it, it kind of sounds like they're saying Satan, but if you didn't know that, it wouldn't sound anything like it. It's that kind of thing. It's that kind that level of like, if you're looking for it, you're going to find it. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I just want to bring up a few more things that Wallace said about Carol um, and how it, it doesn't necessarily prove, but at least it, it makes him a value or a possible suspect. Uh, So Wallace believed that Carol's ripper, because some of the noses were cut off the women And often that is attributed to the fact that syphilis takes the nose and that many people believe that the Ripper was taking people's noses because he lost his nose due to syphilis. And he was taking the noses of the of whores and killing whores because he got syphilis from a whore. Okay? But in the case of that that's a better theory than than what I'm about to say. So Wallace believes that Carol's Ripper cut the noses off prostitutes because his mother's nose was large and protruding. And he didn't like his mother. This guy is officially an idiot in my book. Carol also lived near the murder sites, but I think that just means that he lived in London. 
and that the murders happened in London. I think that if for anybody who's never lived in a in a big city, when well, they when it doesn't mean if if you live in the same city as somebody and you live in a big city, and I know London isn't necessarily huge, but it's definitely bigger than most cities in England. I believe it's also densely packed and densely packed. It doesn't really mean that you live really if you live in London doesn't mean you live close to everybody else who lives in London. Right. So I mean, like. I just can't see. Well, and I think I think you know, lending to your point, like if you don't live in a big city or you don't live in a densely packed big city, when somebody's like, "Oh, Lewis Carroll lived within five miles of of the uh, of the murder sites," it's like, well, in a densely packed city, that's like a million miles away. You know, it's it yeah, could. It's, just, it's not your neighborhood. Yeah, Why the hell would you? It's go an there? entirely different universe. And Whitechapel in the 1880s wasn't the place you'd see Lewis Carroll. Right. I just don't, I just can't for the life of me see a published, I think he was a teacher too. I don't, I just can't see this guy rushing off to Whitechapel. He wasn't, he, he's not known to have frequented prostitutes. He in fact probably was a, sorry to burst everybody's bubble, he was probably a pedophile due to some of the things that have been said about him. I don't want to, I mean, I'm just speculating there. Not Based, the subject of this podcast. Yeah. Um, but this isn't a man who who he was also high, a little bit higher class, and I just don't see him, you know, getting on over to the to the shitty part of town to have right. a drink and bang a hooker. You well, know, well, like like I was just thinking thinking this, like you always hear hear you know people talking about like slumming it, you know, like let's go down yeah. to the seedy bar and blah blah blah. Like my impression of Whitechapel in the in the eighteen eighties is is that that's not the place you go to slum it. Like there are other places that if you're if you're high society and you're going to slum it, there are other places you go in London to slum you're it. Not going to the you're, gross, you're, you're not going to the disgusting part of town. You're not going to Whitechapel because you because you're you're going to take a carriage there, uh, and somebody's going to mug your driver and you at the same time, and you're likely going to end up getting murdered for some reason because it's just that bad of a part of town. Well. He also said, I agree with you. I think that's probably, you're probably right. Right. Wallace also said that, um, or no, I'm sorry. This is, this is my, my conclusions are this. In 1888, Lewis Carroll would have been 56 years old. And we're talking the 1800s. We're not talking now. We're not talking, we're not talking 2018 where 56 is relatively young and you're still kind of spry and you're still doing marathons and you're still, you know, we're talking 19, we're talking 1888 when 56 was a pretty old guy. He died like, he died less than six years later. Right. Like this is not, we're not talking like a man who's, who's in great health here. I don't think we're talking about a man who's in super bad health either, but not a guy who can, I mean. You're talking about a, a time frame when, when. Living past like seventy is it's pretty still impressive. pretty pretty impressive yeah yeah and like and with the murders you I think you had I think it had to have been a young person I think it had to not necessarily young in the sense of like a teenager or twenty something but somebody who was still able to you know kind of get out of there as fast as they could because these women were left in the middle of the street with the exception of Mary Kelly these women may have even been killed in the middle of the street so you have to have been very very quiet and very very capable of dragging somebody quickly or carrying someone or doing something physically well just being being able to sub- subdue a woman you would have to be you know in at least moderate health yes i mean this I don't care what people at the time said, like, 
you're not talking about like some frail creature. Like all women are frail, and every man can no, have his a, way with and them. And then no. these women, they were they were drunks, and they were and some of them were heavy set, and well, some and of they, them were and they were all probably mean as mean as fuck. Well, they were they were all prostitutes, weren't yes, they? Yes, they were all prostitutes. Yeah, which means that they have had their fair. They've probably had their fair share of experiences with some not so nice people. Yeah, and which, had to slug a couple bitches. Right. Yeah. So so yeah so some fifty six year old highfalutin dude shows up and like tries to do something like sure he might be able to but like where's all the all of the uh, the evidence of like well Lewis Carroll you know that one time he just showed up to a party with a black eye and a broken nose. Well, I mean nobody's gonna write about that anyway. Yeah. So, but <laughs> I mean. Also, but I, but yeah. but the point still stands that that these women are are women who probably could at least hold their own to an extent, and so they would have had to have been surprised. Yeah, that's part of it. Is that yeah. they would have had to have been surprised. They so had, unless, they couldn't have expected. So it. unless Lewis Carroll was a ninja, or somebody. I mean, I guess they may have not. If he was an elderly man, they may have not felt threatened. But it's just very unlikely. I just think that I I don't think it's Lewis Carroll. Or or <laughs> so. or he took the one pill that made him larger. Jeez. <laughs> or the one pill that made him small. But then he wouldn't be able to subdue the woman. Yeah, but he could. Never mind. You know, whatever. We could do this all day, but we yeah. won't. Okay. But he also, um, they did a handwriting analysis years later, and their handwriting didn't match. Um, that being said, I got nothing. I mean, I think I'm pretty sure Wallace said it's very unlikely. Eventually said it's very unlikely that Lewis Carroll right. was Jack the Ripper. But it was a fun theory, I think, to bring up. And I and I love it. I think the Lewis Carroll theory is my favorite because well, I think that not very many people would ever even consider the fact that he would even know the fact that he was considered a suspect, even for a short period of time right. for, in the well, 1990s. I mean, but also think about it, like from a from a very baseline perspective, Wallace sold a bunch of books. Yeah, good for him, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we think he did. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't see. Like, I bet. <laughs> I'm sure every Ripper book sells a shit ton. Oh yeah, because people are obsessed with it. But yeah, like he probably sold a lot of books, and and like if you write about something controversial, you're gonna sell a lot of books. So kudos to this guy. Like that was that was. I don't know that that was necessarily what his his goal from the outset. Like he never really believed it, and he was like, you know what? It's controversial enough. I bet I can sell it, uh, sell these like hotcakes. Well, but, I think he did some research, and he thought that he maybe hit hit on something and uh-huh. brought up a viable suspect. But I think everybody wants it to be somebody big and famous, don't they? I don't think it is. Though. Right. I think that what I, I read was reading, or I was listening, or I was sorry, I was watching a documentary, and the guy said. You know, at the end of all things, on Judgment Day, if we we're all standing in front of God, and and it doesn't, I'm I'm just saying what he said. I don't. If you can believe whatever you want, I don't care. Um, but he said we're all standing in front of God, and he says Jack the Ripper, please step forward. And the guy steps forward and says his name. All all of us Ripperologists are gonna look at each other and go, Who? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> because nobody knows. Nobody right. really knows. Um, um, anyway, I'm gonna let I'm gonna turn it to you because I think it's your turn to tell okay. a funny theory. All right, and explain what you're. What okay, you're, what the so so coming. so uh, we went into this, and Jess decided that she was gonna look up, you know, the more whimsical theories and and find things out. And I, when she when she uh, when she brought this to me because it's a rarity because usually she keeps it from me. 
that's the format of of the show. So she came to me with this idea and said, what do you think about doing Jack the Ripper? And I was like, oh man, you mean blah, blah, blah. And I spouted off a couple of things and she was like, we should talk about that. So all of my experience with Jack Jack the Ripper has to do with um, pop culture references and uh, mostly like uh, sci-fi. So uh, uh, my first theory about uh, Jack the Ripper comes from uh, an episode of uh, the original series of Star Trek um, in which uh, Scotty murders a woman and is is uh, held on a planet and they uh, they do an investigation to find out what happened because it's Scotty and why would Scotty murder somebody? Also, it was a girl that he was really into and so they went for, air quotes, a walk, air quotes, uh, and uh, she ended up getting murdered. So uh, uh, pushing forward, long story short, spoiler alert, uh, it wasn't actually Scotty that killed her. It was uh, a being, uh, a non-corporeal being that inhabits other people that has been floating around the universe forever and was at one point on Earth and uh, committed a bunch of murders in London. You might know him as Jack the Ripper, but also was, you know, like this big, huge murderer on like you know, Ryza or whatever. I don't know what planet it was. It was some other planet. And they, they were talking about, oh, that murderer? Yeah, that guy killed a bunch of people kind of thing. And it was like, whatever. But anyways, that's that's the one the one the one thing is that he was a non corporeal spirit from some other planet that really likes murdering people. So would he inhabit a person? Uh huh. And, and he, then kill through that person. Did, yeah. who, did he, who did he inhabit in London? They they didn't say. They they, they oh. were not they were not they su- sidestepped it. They were not specific as to that. Um, but he and they didn't even they weren't even specific as to whether it was just one person that he inhabited for the whole time or if he inhabited different people to commit the murders Ooh. and just stayed on Earth. But whatever, you know, he just didn't get caught because he's non-corporeal, man. And once, you know, the whole... And Jack, really good at covering things up. Once the Jack the Ripper scene kind of kind of played itself out, he, you know, just kind of floated onto the next planet, man. Um, did people have a memory of it after they were... After no. It was done? No, yeah. That's why James T. Kirk was defending Scotty because Scotty was like, I don't remember anything. And he was like, well, he didn't do it then, so I got to defend him. And then they, like, figured it out. And I it can't was, believe they did it so. to Scotty. Yeah, poor Scotty. Scotty's literally the most likable character on any Star Trek yeah. ever. Well, <clears throat> the funny thing about that episode, thank you, uh, 1960s, but basically uh, uh, what happened was the hook, the plot hook for the whole episode was they were flying around the galaxy and... Uh, Scotty was getting cranky, and so uh, Dr. McCoy said that he needed some some stress relief, so we, they should stop at a planet and take some leave and let, let him, like, you know, blow off some steam or whatever. Basically saying uh, Scotty hadn't gotten laid in a while, and Scotty should go to a planet where he can get laid so that he can get laid, and then he'll stop being cranky and fix the engine motherfucker well it is 1960s yeah Isn't there women on the ship yeah but like you can't like order some yeoman well, to bang he could have you know they yeah. could have been like hey go on a date with yeah but then they wouldn't what, have had Uhura? the cool jack the ripper oh yeah. yeah they wouldn't have had the cool jack the ripper plot line okay. to deal with i'm gonna i'm gonna bring up a theory okay okay do you think that Ripperology boomed in the 70s because people wanted to prove that Scotty wasn't Jack the Ripper? 
No. And I know this because... Uh, I mean, obviously, Scotty wasn't Jack the Ripper. Because due to my research, I found out that the guy that wrote that episode had written an episode for like some other TV show that wasn't nearly as popular as Star Trek, where the same thing happened. Jack the Ripper, non-corporeal entity, inhabited bodies, and also uh, stole that idea from himself as a short story that he had written that wasn't very popular in the earlier 60s. So this guy just had one idea like, and sold I'm it just over with, again. With, yeah, with, with the one idea. J- Jack the Ripper was a ghost that inhabited bodies. Let's make it work for this universe and this universe and this universe and this universe. Okay, I made I made $100,000. I'm done. I'm out. I'm retiring. I do want to tell you, though, that I feel like this has been done in other shows since then. It has. Uh, in fact, um, most recently that I know of, it was done on Grimm. What... What was on Grimm? Well, I don't remember. Um, there was a point in time where uh, there was a string of murders of Vessin prostitutes in Seattle or Portland or where it's Portland. Yeah. Portland. Yeah. It's it, so there was a, a string of murders uh, that happened. Is this early days of the show? No, it was like it was when we still watched it, but it was like season three or four or something. I okay, don't know. Okay, go ahead. Um, and it turned out to be the captain. That was the not Hex and Beast because Hex and Beast is the girl version, but the... Whatever, yeah. Whatever. Nobody listened to this. Zauber Beast. Zauber Beast. Sure. Yeah. So... Um, the guy who looks a lot like some British actors I know of. Yeah. So he got... Uh, so he was inhabited um, and they, they, they played it off like the whole Jekyll and Hyde thing. Like... <coughs> He didn't remember doing it, but he would wake up and be yeah. like covered in blood or something or whatever. Yeah, and it, it was like something like like somebody had died in the show. I don't remember because this is like a ways back in my memory. But uh, somebody had died in the show and came back to life. They like cast a spell to bring him back to life or whatever. And so like it turned out that like Jack the Ripper is this malevolent spirit that sits in the the veil between life and death. And anytime a spirit is it goes across, but then comes back over. Um, he can piggyback uh, and it off was Jack over. The Ripper, right? And it was Jack, yeah. Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that now. Yeah. Yep. I remember, I remember that. And it was, yes, I remember that. Yeah. And that's a, fi- that's fine. But yeah. that, it's literally recycled from a guy who recycled it three times. Yeah. That's hilarious. At least three times. At least three times. <laughs> hey, that's some advice for everybody. If you have an idea. If it's a good idea. If it's a, if it's an all right idea, I mean that's a, yeah. that's all right. Yeah, go just te- no, bring it to everybody, and that's, somebody that's, will pick up on it. That's true. If if you have an idea, whether it's bad or not, just keep pitching it to people until you find somebody that thinks it's brilliant and is willing to pay you. I mean, a if that's all you've got. Yeah. I mean, if you've got other stuff. Yeah. I mean, bring them other stuff too. But if you've got one thing that you just really are passionate about, just keep owning it until it's so good that nobody can, that Star Trek takes it. Cause there's right. still fucking Star Trek. Yep. So just pitch Star Trek. Maybe Sasha from fucking walking dead will be Jack the Ripper and something. There you go. That was a lot of references all in one. Yep. Sorry. Yep. Yep. That's a pretty, we don't watch a lot of TV. I don't. promise. We don't, we're not going to, Never mind. Okay. Uh, Okay. So that was a that's a great theory yeah. or that's a great one. I mean, I do feel like I feel like that's not just Jack the Ripper done on other things though. I feel like there's like when you talk about I, I remember there was a plotline in Supernatural where people would would where there was like shapeshifters that would inhabit you. And it was the same shapeshifter, but he would 
use people, different people to kill. Well, like um, just demons in general and supernatural would yeah. just jump from body to body and do nasty shit. Yeah. I guess it's not really the same thing. But like, I I can't I I can't specifically pin down any other uh, references to this, but I feel like that's like the most common recurring theme for Jack the Ripper in sci-fi things is just he just jumps body oh it's a some sort of disembodied thing that can you know that is immortal and just every once in a while comes back and blah 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 and just happened to be called jack the ripper for this one short period of time for some reason Hmm. all right okay do you want to hear a little bit about really bad theories oh you know i do okay um many of you including yourself my dear Mm mm-hmm have likely seen the movie from hell. Uh, is that the Johnny Depp one? Yep. Yep. Uh, it is based. The movie is loosely based. I don't want to give it like they. I don't think they wrote it. I mean, it's a fictionalized version of it. They wrote it on a theory that was posed in the seventies by a descendant of Walter Sickert, who was a painter in the eighteen eighties, eighteen nineties, saying that. Walter Sickert's wife's mother okay. had married the second in line to the throne, Prince Albert Edward, otherwise known as Eddie. Okay. And that was he the Prince Albert that everyone used to call about Prince Albert in the can? I don't know, babe. Okay. He was grandson of Queen Victoria. He may or may not have been slow. He was definitely a partier, though. That's quite documented. He and he got syphilis at some point in his life. Well, he was a partier in the 1800s. Yeah. It's, but the reason that this marriage would have been questionable is because this woman, whose name was Annie Crook, was Catholic. <gasps> and apparently at the time that would have caused a stir because Protest- in England that was still – things were still a little – little tense between the Catholics and the Protestants. Were? They still are. <laughs> but uh, uh, so apparently they got married and they got they had a baby. And the midwife of that birth. Was Jack the Ripper. Was a woman named Mary Kelly, who we've spoken about her several times tonight, is the last victim of Jack the Ripper. Now, there was some discussion about getting the marriage annulled and taking care of that um so queen victoria basically went to the the prime minister at the time who was uh salisbury and basically said help me get rid of help me stop the help me me get rid of this but unfortunately they were and i don't know i don't think nobody killed anybody or anything at this point um, but unfortunately, because Mary Kelly knew about the birth and knew about the parentage of the child and had told her friends about it, she, they were basically targeted. And basically what they did was they said, we know this fact about the royal family. We are going to blackmail them. We're going to blackmail Queen Victoria into giving us money so we won't talk about this illegitimate baby, this illegitimate heir to the throne that's also Catholic. And so Victoria said, let's get rid of these bitches. Let's let's murder them, okay? And so Salisbury brought on Sir William Gull to fix the problem. 
And he, in turn, decided to turn the murders into a Masonic ritual because he was a Mason and he, in order to cover it up and so it wouldn't link back to the, to the royal family. Gotcha. Okay, and if you've seen Off From Hell, you know at the end of this movie, is the, I'm pretty sure the actor who plays Gull is uh, Bilbo Baggins from the Lord of the Rings, old Bilbo. Oh, um... I don't remember though. Yeah. You can't don't don't tell me where, you can watch the movie. Um so in this theory, unlike the other theories, Eddowes, you see, okay, this is this is something I, I forgot to bring up and maybe I should have talked a little bit more about the murders. That Eddowes and Eddowes and I think Long Liz, I wanna make sure. Yep. Eddowes and Long Liz were killed on the same night. And sometimes people say, or in this, in this theory, Long Liz, Elizabeth Stride, mm-hmm. was either not, no, I, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. Okay. I'm, I'm speaking out of turn. In this theory, Catherine Eddowes was a mistake because she, she wasn't one of the ones who was blackmailing them. Gotcha. She was in jail that night under the assumed name of Mary Kelly. And so it's thought under this theory that she, she was killed by accident because they thought she well, was Mary Kelly. Not by accident. On but purpose, like, but because they right. thought she was Mary Kelly. Mistaken identity. Mistaken identity, gotcha. essentially. Now, this is not I mean it's more plausible than Lewis Carroll, but it's just really complicated and yeah, silly. It's it's so complicated. Yeah, it's obnoxious. It's, yeah, it's too complicated to be even remotely true but i don't know it's still kind of fun to think that it's like a conspiracy theory from the crown like ah we can't have a catholic heir let's go murder some bitches <laughs> and call it a call it a masonic ritual this is basically every single unsolved murder that ever was there's some sort of crazy conspiracy theory that the government's involved even oh, yeah. like if you look at Jean Benet Ramsey there's some shit about the government didn't like John Ramsey anymore, so they killed his kid. And, right. You know, like, it's just really dumb. Like, it's a, it's so weird that immediately when something like this happens, it couldn't pop. And this is when – I don't think that serial murder was real – I mean, it was a thing, but it wasn't a thing that was really well publicized or even thought – I don't think people necessarily thought of serial murder. They just saw a lot of violent crime, and they went, oh, that's a lot of violent crime. Right. But the fact that this – these were done by the same guy. I think that people were like, that, it can't be just like some random crazy man. Right. It's got to be some organized shit, you know? It's like, it's, it was some random crazy man. Yep. Granted, this was, this was brought forth in the 1970s. Again, we're looking at all these crazy theories. Not all of them, because I'm going to talk about one that was brought up in the 1800s. But a lot of these crazy theories were brought up so far into the future that a lot of documentation was gone right. by the time. So people just fill in the holes. And when you're filling in holes and you're like, oh, it must be a conspiracy, it just becomes ridiculous. It just becomes stupid. That's you know? when you end up with the thonking face. What is a thonking face? Do you remember a few years ago the uh, the woman that, that uh, uh, got paid to restore an old painting and it ended up being like really, really yeah. bad. Yep. So the meme name of that painting is the thonking face because she filled in the gaps that were there without having any understanding of what she was actually doing mm-hmm. and ended up making the worst painting restoration of all time. Yeah. And that's what 
that's exactly I mean that lends it in exactly into what you were saying and in, in that you know a hundred years later you're looking at these, these this case and going oh well I'm just gonna fill in the gaps from here to here and oh Lewis Carroll killed a bunch of prostitutes in Whitechapel obviously Lord Salisbury right Queen Victoria some random doctor guy you know right. but also I wanted to bring up that Eddie's involved in this and we I mean, and, and if you are, I, and I know you're not a ripper, I know you're not, you don't follow true crime very much, but Al, but Eddie has been, is listed as a suspect, has always been listed as a suspect. He's been proven, it's been proven that he was, he has an alibi, a rock solid alibi, it wasn't in London at the time. But for many, for many years, people thought it was him. And so you have, there's always a royal connection. For Even from the beginning, people were like, well, it's Albert. Right. Why, why? Why would you think that this young man who all he wants to do is get drunk and fuck chicks would all of a sudden start gutting people? I just, because right. he's slow, because he's mentally handicapped. It's well, silly. and also, also, you know, you said, you said that he had gotten syphilis and that's, you know, yep. lends back to the cutting the noses off thing. Yep. So I guess like it, I mean, sure. Yeah, sure. Plausibility, sort of. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think that he's the Prince Albert in a can. I think that's. Victoria's Albert. Okay. Um, also, he Eddie never did become king. Uh, he was he died in like eighteen ninety two or something like that from like an un, it wasn't syphilis related it was some other disease. Um, and his brother is or as as the uh, the royal court likes to uh, report the it was totally not syphilis. It was totally not syphilis. Yeah. His brother is the father is uh, Elizabeth's great-grandfather, gotcha. I believe, um, who was the, yeah, if I remember correctly, because it's Victoria, <sighs> Victoria's son Albert, then it was, I don't know the name, next one, because I don't follow, but then it was Bertie's dad, and then it was the guy who was a Nazi, and then right. it was Bertie, and then it was Liz. Bertie's dad was a George, I think. Yeah, because then George, then, jo- then uh, his brother was took George mm-hmm. as a name. Yeah. And then Bertie took No, Bertie took George. I don't does it I don't we don't know. We don't know. Okay? We don't know. We don't we're, know. We're 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 dis- displaying our extreme knowledge and also lack of knowledge of, of the of current royal Bri- Briti- British uh British royalty, yeah. which is weird. Go Patriots. I don't know no. why I said that. Yeah. You Anyway, so that's that one. That's that. Okay. Um, all right, so my turn then? Your turn then. Okay. So uh, um, the, the next one that comes to mind for me is uh, um, in Babylon 5, which was... Uh, it was literally all sci-fi stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, in Babylon 5, there was a point in which... Uh, and I, it's been a while since I've watched Babylon Five, so I can't remember any of the alien races. But the somebody will let us know the the uh, uh, the alien race with the um, with the bald the bald heads with the bone ridge on the back, who the the diplomat from from that race to Babylon Five was who became a hybrid human who was in charge of like the secret like underground like let's build an army for whatever is coming because we don't know what's coming but we're gonna fight it anyways uh group um was subjected to a quote-unquote test by the mysterious race which was the vorlons 
I don't know why I remember that. <laughs> um, and the the test that she was she was subjected to was basically uh, some dude uh, basically tortured her for like ninety six hours. Um, and it, at the end of it, it was revealed that the guy was uh, somebody that they kept in a stasis chamber just to test out the people that were going to be in, involved in important things for them. And the guy in stasis was <gasps> Jack the Ripper. <laughs> the Vorlons abducted him um, in the 1880s from, from London uh, because they saw some potential in using him as a, as a, uh, a, a judge, uh, basically as their, you know, torturer in chief. And so they only popped him out every once in a while when they needed him to go and torture the crap out of somebody to find out if they had the uh, the chutzpah to lead whatever thing that they were they had in mind for them, and then pop him back in a stasis chamber until the next time. And so he was like, and he was this dude who was very proper and had a, you know a British accent and wore like a nice suit with a you know frock coat and everything and was not talking about the fact that he was born in the 1800s or anything, but, you know, tortured the crap out of this girl and said he, that he'd done it, you know, dozens of times before and blah, blah, blah. And then at the end, they're like, who are you? And he was like, oh, my name's, you know, Jehoshaphat Smith. And I lived at something, something in, in Whitechapel, London. And they're like, and they're like, oh, well, we figured out who you are because our database happens to have that. And we figured out that you're Jack the Ripper. And he was like, oh, you caught me. I'm going back in my stasis chamber now. Bye. <laughs> kind of thing. And it was like, it was like the dumbest plot in the whole show. And there were a lot of dumb plots in that show. <laughs> but that was a pretty bad one. Like, why bother with that? And so, so theory number two from the sci-fi side of things is that uh, he was abducted by aliens and uh, forced to work for them as a torturer, only being let out every once in a while so that he could poke and prod at various alien species to make them do what he wanted. And that's why the murders ended so abruptly. Yeah, because he was abducted. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But he wasn't a torturer. He just killed people. Well, I mean, that's what the aliens used him for was a torturer because, you know, he had the right mentality to do that sort of thing without getting all hurt about it. Oh, that, you know, this is the problem is it because when something is when something is so innocuous, innocuous, people can put anything they want onto it, which is great. I mean, I think that's great in a lot of things. But with Jack Ripper, it just becomes, wow, that's just obnoxious. But then again, Lewis Carroll. Right, right. <laughs> Wait, it was all of them, and they're all the same person. What? Dun, dun, dun. Well, you know how the Zodiac Killer, it was never solved. Right. And uh, so often, people want to put stuff that stuff on them. And then every once in a while, someone will throw something out there that's just so ridiculous that you just laugh about it. So Donald Trump saying that... Ted Cruz's dad. Ted Cruz's dad was a Zodiac killer. Well, let's just say that times haven't changed too much. Yeah. Because my next suspect is Lord Randolph Churchill. The that father... Churchill's dad? Of Winston Churchill. And... I love this theory because it's it's really dumb, simple and dumb, and there's not much to it, and he definitely didn't do it. But it's one of those things where it's because he died of he died of general paralysis brought on by syphilis, which of course 
is a recurring thing here. Right. Because uh, this these theories come up because people are cognizant enough to know that if you get syphilis from a hooker, you might want to kill some hookers because right. of it. So. I mean, I guess. But the thing of it is, is this is the crux of the theory. He had syphilis from a hooker, and so people are like, "Well, he must he must be Jack the Ripper." Right. It's ridiculous. Um, he also resembled a man who was seen talking to Mary Kelly. He was also supposedly a Mason, but it was, and then he may have been connected to the royal conspiracy. Mm-hmm. But that was proven that he was never a Mason. I mean, this is he worked for Salisbury in Salisbury's a uh, uh, party. It okay. was. I don't know what it's called. I can't think of what the word that's called. Cabinet. Okay. He worked in Salisbury's cabinet. But he was definitely not somebody that Salisbury would have gone to and said, Go murder some Go people. Go murder some people. <laughs> and it's like, as far as wet rags go, that Winston Churchill came from Randolph Churchill is kind of shocking because apparently Randolph Churchill was a completely inept and very not great. Not, and I don't want to, actually, feel, that's not I feel true. like Winston Churchill was definitely his his mother's son. Yeah. Because his mother was a very fairly famous kind of party girl-ish person. Was she the American? I th- she might have been. Because it says here that he, that, that he married a, an American woman named Jenny Jerome. Um. Uh, all the, the the only thing that I know for sure about Churchill's mom is that uh, she was involved in a horse buggy accident in New York. I think I think that, that was it. Um, horse buggy accident in New York because uh, the guy that she was with is some famous newspaper guy whose one of his favorite hobbies was streaking while driving a horse and carriage at breakneck speeds through through New York. That is funny. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure it was her that, that that was involved with that. And the reason that you never hear about that is because she went on to become Winston Churchill's mom. And so it was not her most – the most famous thing about her. The most famous thing about her ended up being that she was the mother of Winston, mother Churchill. Of Winston Churchill. But that – I mean, like, we're already – Past Randolph. That's how fucking ineffectual he is. Yeah. We don't believe for a second that he was Yeah. He was Jack the Ripper. But I just love it because it's so like Winston Churchill's dad did it was Jack the Ripper. And it just it reminds me so much of Ted Cruz yeah. and this like slinging shit at people and like it's almost like somebody just went, Oh, he was around at the time. And that's a lot of a lot of these theories are he was around at the time. Right. And it just like Well, like when you were saying that he he kind of matched the description of somebody that, that they saw at the time it was like, what? Well, he was a white male and he was wearing clothes. Yeah. Um, so it was totally him. A hundred years later I can I can say that with with uh with great surety that that it was definitely him. Well, I don't. To be honest, I don't think this is a, a, seri- a, a serious right. thing. But, but anyway, so that's. <laughs> I just, I absolutely think that that's one of the one of the more interesting, the idea that that Winston Churchill's dad was possibly blamed for right being like it's it's not an interesting theory. No. It's just interesting that it's Winston Churchill's dad. And it's like, oh, well, your dad obviously did it. Well, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think everybody can uh, pretty pretty well dismiss that one. Um so the next one I have uh is led in very very well from the last one of mine. So instead of him being uh abducted by aliens in uh uh the Outer Limits TV show the more recent one, 
the one from like the 90s, uh, there was an episode where uh, Carrie Elwes played a doctor named Jack, who I don't remember the rest of it. It was just Dr. Jack and uh, murdered women that he suspected to uh, be inhabited by aliens. So they like it actually melds the previous two. So it, it was a non-corporeal alien that inhabited the body of a, of a prostitute in, you know, Whitechapel, London in the 1880s. And Carrie Elwes as Dr. Jack, whatever, uh, was the only person who, who suspected that. And so he was the one running around killing them and then pulling their guts out to, you know, get the alien to leave and go fuck off to his own planet. Like or killing whatever. the ladies. Yeah. I mean, because... Still, who cares about the women? Right. Who cares about them, right. their lives, Psh, you know? Women. They're just drunken prostitutes. Right. They probably have syphilis anyway. I mean, let's be honest. Carrie Ellis is Jack the Ripper. Obviously. I mean, that's pretty much going to be our stance on this, right? Yep. Like. Well, he was in that movie where he was the killer, a serial killer. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I definitely do. We can't give it away, though, because I think it's... It's the plot twist. Oh, I don't think it is. It is. It's is definitely it? the plot because he's okay. a cop. Is he? Mm-hmm. I thought he was a doctor. We, like are the, we talking about the same movie? It's possible Carrie Ellis has played a lot of serial killers. He's there's the one with Morgan Freeman. That's the, the one I'm thinking yeah, of. Yeah, and he was a doctor and he had the secret lair where he kept the, the chicks. He was not a doctor. He was like a dentist or something. He was the deputy. Was he? Man. I was not paying attention to that movie. I'm pretty sure because he's protecting her or something. And we don't we find out at the end of the movie that he's been protecting her but he's just been waiting to get her away from Morgan Freeman or something. I think it was he I think what I'm thinking there was somebody else that played a dentist or a doctor or something that was his partner. Oh yeah. Or something because like that. Because it was a two yeah, that's right because he needed somebody to because there's 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 sometimes partners. Yep. Oh, and that was the thing about Lewis Carroll. They said that he he had a partner to do it, but whatever. Guy wasn't famous. We don't give a shit here. <laughs> was it Tolkien? <laughs> Tolkien would have been a bit young. But I do have it's actually Well, there there you go. There's the young guy that can subdue the women. Lewis Carroll gets I mean, I Tolkien think he was like I think he was like not born. Oh. I mean, Tolkien was a kid in like a teenager and or, you know, relatively young in World War One, which is why he wrote, right. you know, the scenes of... Oh, that, it wasn't Lewis Carroll he, who was close friends with Tolkien. It was the other one, C.S. Lewis. Yeah. But anyway, I digress. My, But I do want to talk a little bit about impossible, absolutely impossible suspects that people have brought up that absolutely 100% did not do this because they too would have been way too fucking young <laughs> to be Jack the Ripper. And that is that somebody has put out a theory that Hitler did it. Oh, of course he did. And I love it. Well, you know, he took the uh, the time travel device that literally everyone on the planet would use to go back seen. in time to kill him. Yep. And he thwarts them, takes their time machine, goes back in time and murders some prostitutes. You know how it'd be. Yeah. But no. That didn't happen. Obviously. But I love this. I love it. It's, what is it? Okay, so, no. I don't, I don't have anything else to say about it, except that I think it's hilarious that somebody was like, Hitler. Hitler. Yeah. And like, he wasn't even, I don't think, he, I mean, I'm going to look up how, when Hitler was born. I'm going to just put it at Hitler. I just assume that. He was born, he was literally not born. He was born in 1889. Everyone, Hitler did not, is not Jack the Ripper, unless somehow Jack the Ripper did jump bodies <laughs> and jumped into Hitler to do the atrocities of the right of the Second World War. Like, hey, you know what's more gratifying than, than killing people one by one? Killing them in droves. 
I'm going to go be a dictator in Germany. <laughs> Here's a fun one. But it's going to be a long play. <laughs> I got to do some work. <laughs> I can get real mad at yeah. the world for a while. Yeah. And then like 25 years later, then do some super atrocities. Uh, there's also a theory that poses that Vincent Van Gogh was Jack the Ripper uh, because he cut his own ear off. And one of the and a couple of the women had their ears cut off. Real seriously, people just throw these things out there right. and they don't even think twice about it. Wow, that's the beauty of ripperology. Uh, and also because somebody saw Mary Kelly in irises. In irises. In the painting, Van Gogh oh, did oh, okay, of irises. Okay, okay. I got you. They saw a fo- They saw Mary Kelly's face. I'm sorry. The only picture we we know of Mary Kelly, she's fucking dead. And her, well, that I know, I'm sure there's others out there. And her face is pretty cut up. So if you see Mary Kelly in irises, he wasn't that's, an impressionist. That's saying more about you than it is yeah. about, about I him. I mean, Van Gogh was really like pretty solidly painting what was there most of the time. Maybe stylistically, but for the most part, you knew what he was painting. He wasn't just painting willy nilly right. like, like uh, what's his face? Lady, this is a Van Gogh, not a Rorschach. Yeah. Or. <laughs> Or who's the one? Uh, Dolly? Picasso. Oh, Picasso. Or Dolly. Dolly, too. Um, my favorite, I, I want to talk now about a theory that I know is, is not true, and I know also that um, isn't really that silly. But I also do think that some people will think it's silly, and I also think that I'd like to discuss it with you, and that is that Jack the Ripper wasn't Jack at all, and that he was Jill. Interesting. And this theory has been posed as, um, I'm not really sure the motivations, but women can be psychos too. Um, it was posed um, by Frederick Aberlein, who was the lead inspector on the Jack the Ripper case at the time. Okay. He was literally the guy who had his hands in the muck, had to read that, read those terrible, awful, sometimes real, sometimes not letters, had to literally look at these dead bodies and make a determination over what to do. Um, but this theory poses that um, a woman could have more easily escaped notice and had more freedom to move around Whitechapel because they were looking for a man. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so if you were looking for a suspect and a lady just happened to – and a lady – was wouldn't like, hey, cross I, your mind. you wouldn't think anything of it. Um, the the it goes further in saying that um, what happened was there was testimony by a woman named Carolyn Maxwell who claims to have seen Mary Kelly the day after she was brutally murdered, like four hours after they've determined time of death to be. Um, Aberlein theorized that the murderess, likely a midwife uh, by trade who had medical knowledge and anatomical knowledge, um, dressed in Kelly's clothes when she left her home. Because Kelly was killed indoors. She was killed in her apartment. So they think that, or he said, he didn't think. He actually didn't think this. He was posing this to his his captain. And he said, do you think this is that she maybe put on her clo- put on Kelly's clothes and burned her own clothes that were covered in blood because Kelly was massacred. I mean, she was cut. Right, right, right. You know, it was awful. Um, and that she dr- dressed in Kelly's clothes to blend into the crowd, and the woman who this woman, who this Carolyn had seen, was just a woman talking who was to- another woman, a midwife of some sort, talking to somebody else. Would that have been possible? Um, now, an- other things that go to this theory include... 
beyond the a woman wouldn't have turned any heads because women were walking around and they weren't suspected. Right. Um, a midwife would not draw questions because she'd be out because midwives are out and about all the time. Right. They're you know women have babies at all times yeah. of the day. They're not just having babies during the day. And also there would having blood on her wouldn't have turned anybody out. Nobody would either. have thought anything of it. Um, I like Aberlein and and his superior officer Dutton. Don't think this is likely. Right. However, I do think that it brings up a really good idea that possibly the killer was dressed as a woman. Mm-hmm. As a way to get out of to to move would have been smart. Very smart. And actually, I'm not the first person to have posed this idea. Obviously. Obviously. I mean, we're not looking at a, a thing that hasn't been vigorously looked into. Right. But Arthur Conan Doyle actually thought that this might be the case. Oh, yeah. There was uh, a couple of um, things that I came across. Uh, Sherlock Holmes versus Jack the Ripper stories. Obviously, I haven't read them or else they probably would have come up before before now. Um, <laughs> because, like, dude, that's like that's like Sherlock Holmes versus Moriarty kind of shit, you know? I just think it's, I mean, at, at the end of all things, I think it's really, it's really funny, too, when we consider who Jack the Ripper may have been that Again, I'm bringing up because it's so easy to presuppose so many different things that you get to have a lot more fun with it. And I think, but and I think that most people who bring up theories don't really think that. I mean, I, I think there are people who hope they're going to crack it. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people just go, "Let's play around and see what we can find and bring up some really." I mean, like you, right. I feel like what, well, well, at this point, I like I don't think there's. Any anybody who honestly thinks that they're gonna crack it. Oh, that's not true. Really? Oh no. People people want to crack it. People I just read crazy. the. I just watched a documentary. Um, there was a, a great suspect, um, an Australian killer with the last name of Deeming, who I was watching a documentary yesterday, and he basically because of a lot of circumstantial evidence and the fact that a lot of it's possible he was a suspect even 140 years ago. This guy who was kind of a violent motherfucker. He killed two of his wives, all a couple of his kids. This guy was a fucking raging prick. And they this this documentary basically says, "Hey, I think this is the guy who did it," and basically goes to prove the case. And they really, I mean, it's not people who are. I mean, they, I think they think they won't crack it, but they hope they will. Right. It's not. It's not necessarily like, oh, I'm so brilliant, I'm smarter than anybody else has done it. But it's just like, let's really. I think well, the thing what, is, you find a suspect and you find you try to figure out if you can get DNA and prove it in that way. Right. You know, but no well, one's going to do that. Yeah, my my. My point being is it has been 140 years. Like, even if you think that you you might be onto something and you might be able to crack the case, you're never going to definitively crack the case because as time goes by, it gets harder and harder to be able to definitively crack the case. So when you come up with a theory, the only thing you can do is say, I have all of this proof of like, this person was in London every single time this person was here. There was a witness that said that they were here. And like, so you get all of this, but like the more the further you get away from from the actual events that happen the harder it's going to be to actually prove that Absolutely. somebody did it Absolutely. and so you can have you can have a theory and feel like you cracked air quotes cracked the case and and have and people go wow this is really compelling evidence, but that's all you can get is is to say say this seems like this is the most likely suspect, suspect. Yeah. and that's it that's all you can do at this point 
It's one of those. It's. I, I still think it's fun though, and I think that. And a lot of people laugh and make fun of the fact that there are so many people who are intrigued with this case. And I kind of occasionally go. Oh. It's right. just so too famous to look into. It's too famous to care about. So many other people care about it. But it's also really fun to look into it every once in a while and see what everyone's doing because it changes all the time. I mean, you didn't hear about deeming 10 years ago. You definitely you didn't hear about Lewis Carroll 40 years ago. Right. You know, like, this is just stuff that it, it evolves and people keep bringing up suspects and they get to... And I think that the more kind of people who look into this, the more interesting it becomes. It, it becomes even more interesting. It's never going to get solved. No. I mean, we're, all, we're almost 150 years out It's now. never going to definitively get solved. I don't think it'll ever even get slightly close to being solved. I don't, I don't, I just don't think we're, we, the investigative, two weeks after the murders were completed, right. we didn't have enough, there was nothing. Well, I always, like it's just, it's, it's been done for years. Whenever, whenever you and I talk about old timey murders, I always think about the, the John Mulaney bit when he talks about detectives in the forties and it's like, <laughs> it's like. It's like uh, you know they go to a murder scene and the and the detective like walks in and he's like he's like sir there's a pool uh, a pool of the the murderer's blood right there, gross I have a hunch. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, but we're but we are talking about um, but another thing we that you don't really think about is at the time Scotland Yard was pretty new, and the city police in London were kind of fighting up against Scotland Yard. And I think that a lot, it may have been that it wasn't solved because there was some infighting between different police departments. Yeah. I mean, you see that now. You see, that's a lot of the reason why a lot of serial killer cases didn't get solved in the 1960s and 70s because people weren't speaking to each other. Right. It's, or they, it's, they just wanted to be the one to solve it. Just think about the trope in, in, uh, in like TV and movies of like local police departments versus the FBI. Yeah. It's the same, the same thing. It's worse when it's police versus, when it's local police versus local police. They don't want to share. They want to be the one to crack it. But yeah, I mean, like, but like back then, like Scotland Yard was supposed to be like the new paradigm of local police. Mm versus each neighborhood having their own police department and being completely independent of each other. I think they had a city police. I think it was it was an overall, but Scotland Yard was just the better like a updated more like like better version of that. I again, I don't know, right. but I feel like the way that it was described in the things I've read, it sounded like the police, the um the city police were not fans of the Scotland Yard police. And so you probably didn't I mean even even if you had a good communication, there may have been something where it was like I don't want to tell you everything or I didn't you know, we took these pictures and we didn't give them to you or this or that, you know? And I think that that may be part of it, but it's also that it's hard to solve crime now. It's hard to, it's hard to solve serial crime now. And it's even harder to solve serial crime when they're literally gutting their victims. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe now it's not when they're literally gutting their victims, it might be easier now, but then it wasn't. Right. I mean, labor, there's talk about, about people literally hosing down the crime scenes hours after the body's taken away. And that's because that's the way the world was then. Again, it's, oh, gross. Clean that blood up, you know? It's not... We're trying to run a business here. Yeah, it's not the same sort of way of thinking about... And it's not the same sort of solving. But there were things like fingerprinting and there was footprint stuff. But it just didn't have... Obviously, you didn't have DNA. You didn't have DNA 40 years ago. Right. You know, like, there's so many different things that... You also think about, like, nowadays, like, like we have, like, this cultural knowledge of things like fingerprint... Fingerprinting? Of, we have cultural knowledge of things like fingerprinting and DNA and stuff like that. Nowadays, like when a crime scene is in place, people are like, oh, I don't want to touch anything because 
I don't want to be a suspect. Like back then, like sure, fingerprinting was a thing, but it wasn't like common knowledge enough to where either. to where people were like, oh, uh oh, I'm not going to touch anything because I don't want my fingerprints there so that I don't become a suspect for things. Yeah, like it's that we. It's definitely not, in my opinion. I I don't think it was a solvable case. No, it, unless you had, and this is a, even. An even more important thing to bring up is that when we're talking about Whitechapel, we're not talking about, like, midtown Manhattan. Right. Where everybody's like, something bad happens and everyone talks to the cops. Right. We're talking about, like, communities where people don't talk because something might happen to them. People weren't talking because they didn't like the cops. Mm Mm-hmm. People weren't talking because they maybe they knew who it was. For all we right. know, the people of Whitechapel 100% knew. Yeah. And they took care of them. And that's why there were no more murders after Mary Kelly. We don't know. Right. Because we, because. There's a lot of, a lot more distrust of, of police forces than, yeah. than there is now. We don't want the cops here. They need to go so that we can deal with this on our own. Yeah. Yeah. But I also think it's possible that maybe people didn't know. I don't know. But I just don't think if people heard anything or saw anything. I, I think really I, I agree with you that, that, that there's a possibility that they didn't know. But there's also a fairly good possibility that they were like, I'm just going to we're just going to deal with this on our own. Mm-hmm. Oh, we know who did this. It's that asshole that's been bragging down at the shitty bar at the end of the road. Mm-hmm. Let's go take care of it one night when he gets too drunk and then never heard from again. Yeah. There are some people who think it was a sailor who just popped in. Um, there are some theories about Mary Kelly's boyfriend who, and I like that theory, but I'm not going to get into it. There's a few other, I mean, there's obviously a few other theories that are yeah. that are, that are good theories, I mean, but. We're trying to keep it on the whimsical side for this episode, yeah, so, so, you know. Whatever. I, All I know is that Lewis Carroll and Hitler did not kill. I was just going to say, like, I think the winner for this episode is Lewis Carroll. Yeah. And that's my, that's my vote. I vote for Lewis Carroll being. You think Lewis Carroll and not Carrie Elwes? <gasps> it's an anagram. It's, an anagram. <laughs> it's not really an anagram, but it's kind of an anagram. Yeah. They sound alike. Yep. They sound close enough that it's plausible. Lewis Carroll and Carrie Elwes work together. Carrie Elwes is a reincarnated it's, Lewis Carroll. It's a time traveling buddy serial killer movie. Starring Carrie Elwes as Carrie Elwes. And. Carrie Ellis is Lewis Carroll. He <gasps> plays both parts. What? What? <laughs> they were twins, separated by a hundred and a hundred and some years. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think I th- I think that's an episode. I think that's a wrap. <laughs> we solved it, you guys. We solved it. We solved it. <laughs>